Hello, everybody out there in the wide world, and uh, hello, Stephen. Good evening. And uh, this is Tom, and we're here for another of our uh, intermittent, desultory episodes of uh, Quixotic Musings, and uh, there's um, happened across a figure, um, Paul... Feyerabend, I don't know if I'm saying that quite correctly, that's S-E-Y-E-R-A-B-E-N-D, Paul Feyerabend, who is kind of a, a figure in the history of thought. I would, I think it's fair to say that he's not particularly well known, uh, at least these days, though he had some currency uh, once upon a time, and... Um, he wrote this book in 1975, uh, but there's a nice little, you know, he has a very a nice table of contents, an analytical table of contents, as he deems it, which sketches the article uh, in a relatively informative, or sketches the book in an informative outline. And then uh, additionally, if you sort of pair that with the last chapter of the book, you get a nice, nice sense of what, overall is uh, happening within it. Within it, of course, he has a lot more content. Uh, You can actually find that uh, on the internet. If you go to, you just look him up, actually, and you go to um, uh, marxists.org, that's www.marxists, M-A-R-X-I-S-T-S dot O-R-G, you can find the article there library. Uh, but I think there's also a, a link to it from the Wikipedia page uh, for his name. Anyway, so much by way of uh, prefatory remarks. It's just, it's a really juicy piece, and we thought we might talk about it a little bit. I sent it Stephen's way, and Stephen, so like, what what are, was your impression of the article? What I guess I should, the method, against method is the name of the book. Um, and uh, what he's doing is he's resisting within the book um, dominant narratives as to uh, theory of knowledge and theory of science and, and, and a lot about science itself. But what, what, what did you take away from, from the piece? Um, well, I, my initial reaction was um... – it was kind of a, a breath of fresh air, I think. Um, he he talked a lot about how, um, you know, I, I would say he, he, he I, I wouldn't really say that he was dismissing science or the scientific method in any way. He 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 was saying um, that science is is great. And that it is a way of knowing, or it is a way at arriving at truth, but that it should be uh, should not be given um, this uh, special uh, standing or this kind of uh, uh, absolute um, uh, position uh, in the world as we, as we know it, um, 
essentially he he was saying that it should be um it, it should be on par with other ways of knowing or other um really is with other subjects or other um uh avenues of thought um and i i thought that that was kind of refreshing um i think that uh he i think that he was on he's on point with um his uh, reflection of quote science being given um, this um, kind of authority in it. And it's kind of um, uh, impressed. It's kind of impressed upon uh, society as the way of, of knowing and the way of arriving at truth. And, um, it's done so it's done with such uh, authority that um and it has been you know so for for so long that uh, people don't really question it you know um or they don't uh, they don't even feel um they feel like it's he kind of jabs at the the idea that it's almost considered um anti-intellectual to to question quote science um which in its very and then he points out that you know in its very method you know it should be it should be questioned i mean that's kind of what the beginnings of science and science was and is well also you know i mean just to build on that you know i would say i i would actually suggest that he's actually even more critical of science than than you perhaps Read, um, and then there's sort of like two vectors of criticism. There's the vector of science as a, a way of knowing, which is contrasted with other ways of knowing, such as we have through the avenues of myth or magic or religion. And then also, he, I, I would say, uh, uh, launches a kind of intra-scientific criticism, where he's criticizing science within its own bounds and indeed even criticizing the notion as one could infer from the title of the book of the scientific method itself as uh, freighted and uh, what I would say is he's kind of radicalizing certain notions that are present in other thinkers uh, even people like Karl Popper who he takes to task or you know maybe later on someone like Thomas Kuhn or um, Michael Polanyi and others uh, along the way. Um, and uh, he does the, the latter, this, this uh, launch this critique of science within its own limits, apart from how he then juxtaposes it to other modes of knowing by indicating how any method itself carries with it certain assumptions, certain presuppositions uh, that they are, uh, and, 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 and as such, uh, already by invoking a method, you are uh, giving a lie to the, the pretense of objectivity. And uh, that, of course, then dovetails with his suggestion that we need to consider other 
modes of knowing and being as of uh, similar uh, import and being perhaps even similarly informative because regardless of the mode of knowing or being which you take up, you are moving from a place of assumption. Uh, and most of the assumption is latent. Uh, and even so far uh, here, we're, we're, we're talking about it on a level of abstraction. He also brings in a further non-trivial consideration, namely that while we have this theory of this progressive, at you know an objective truth, et cetera, et cetera, the reality of the development of science is evolution is far more complicated and is inextricably linked to the dark history of colonialism and Western imperialism. And in large part, science has its dominance not because of its superiority as a mode of discernment, but because it's had the backing of, of Western and capitalist empire. So, I mean, it's actually dense, right? There's a, there's a lot going on there. Um, but what I really enjoy is his indication that the uh, idea that we are gradually arriving at a, a theory, like a sort of grand unified theory of the universe that brings everything, subsumes everything into a single beautifully consistent narrative is itself uh, very deeply anti-scientific because it it conduces to a rigidity which is at odds with the spirit of open playfulness that yields actual discovery. And uh, in, in many ways, I thought that is the, the, the most potent point that one can uh, draw out of his essay, Paul Feyerabend. Uh In fact, let me see if I can pull it up quickly. Um, I'll just read it because it's a pretty um, concise. Uh, so there's there are various bullet bullet points as I as I noted in the uh, analytical introduction. Uh, but as far as the last thing I just said. Um, well, I was going to read one of those bullet points, but I'll just fast forward to uh, this, which is actually the first few sentences of the last chapter of the book. The idea that science can and should be run according to fixed and universal rules is both unrealistic and pernicious. It is, un it is unrealistic for it takes too simple a view of the talents of man and of the circumstances which encourage or cause their development. And it is pernicious, for the attempt to enforce the rules is bound to increase our professional qualifications at the expense of our humanity. In addition, the idea is detrimental to science, for it neglects the complex physical and historical conditions which influence scientific change. And he goes on from there, 
it's difficult for me not to just keep on reading, to be honest, because I find it so uh, compelling personally. But um, that's sort of that sort of summary, having been sort of uh, put forth. Would you have anything to add to that? Um. Yeah, I I uh, I was touched by that passage as well. Um, <clears throat> it it's um it's an interesting um problem, I guess, for lack of a better word, a problem of science because um where science and the scientific method kind of gets its um uh respect and its um you know kind of its clout is in um essentially the the uh the you know making a hypothesis um you know uh, testing it making observations uh and then kind of continually recycling that process to arrive at uh greater truths or purer truths um and while I think that that's, you know, that's a great way of arriving at truth or some truth, um, I think it has potential to be um, re- uh, reductive. And um, I think that it has potential to be um, short-sighted um, in that, I believe that uh, quite often things, uh, I guess I'm going to jump off on a, a potential tangent here, but I, 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 speaking about it abstractly is kind of difficult. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, quite often, um, you know, if you take, um, you know, medicine, for example, we, we view a lot of um, problems um, as medical problems um, that are probably more largely or at least equally, uh, social problems. Um, and I think that the, 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 the science of any good scientist will, um, admit, you know, that science has its limits. Um, that it that it's it's uh, it's a great way of uh, arriving at truth, but it's not it's not the only way, and it also um, there are certain questions that science can't really answer, at least not at this point. Um, and um, I think what where what I derived from the article uh, was. As um, kind of inspirational. Sorry, I'm all over the place here. Um, is I think you know, um, I'm probably not being very eloquent here, but um, I think science, you know, it, you know, it's great um, in uh, say something like if you want to say pure, purely in pure physics or pure chemistry. But when it comes to an applied science, like let's say medicine, um, you know, then you 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 bring into it all kinds of questions that cannot just be answered by the scientific method. There are questions of, you know, value. There are questions of, 
um, morality. There are questions of, you know, quality of life um, and all of these these types of things. And so it, it takes more than just a pure scientist to exercise medicine. You know, a good doctor wouldn't just be a scientist. A good doctor would be a good person, you know. Um, and um, when that... I mean, uh, yeah, go, go on, finish your point. Sorry. Yeah, and so, um, sorry, it was a long, kind of long-winded, uh, I didn't really get to anything till, till the end there. But, um, yeah, I, I just, um, I think that, um, you know, this, this idea that, like, you know, you kind of hear people say, you know, like, I believe in science or, um, you know, like, oh, this guy doesn't believe in science. And I think that's a short-sighted way of thinking about it because science in itself, really science doesn't, science is, is merely a tool, you know, in itself, it cannot solve a problem. People solve the problems using the tool. Um, so, you know, I mean, science, you could say science cured polio or, you know, science eradicated polio or science dropped the atom bomb. It actually did neither. People did both of those things. Um, uh, and so it, it, it's, it's, you know, to be, you know, it, 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 take, it requires people in answering questions, answering non-scientific questions and applying science to the world that we live in uh, in order to even, in order to even use science. And so science in itself, you know, it, it's, it is, um, it's a great way of knowing, but I, I sympathize, or I wouldn't say sympathize, I, I say I agree, I agree with uh, him in terms of the, that it's kind of um, uh, treated, a, you know, almost as like a religion of sorts, um, which science without other methods of knowing or other intelligences or other, um, you know, uh, with that without science without humanity is merely you know it, it's just it's just a you know what is it you know either inert or dangerous i mean i would um say that he's even more radical though than, than you're suggesting and i mean it, he's there what he's also what he also does is he identifies specific categories of which you've hinted um, such as the political, and uh, toward the end of the the text, that one I mean in the book it I think plays a larger role, but we just looked at this little pricier summation. Uh, is that he says that the political and the scientific should be divorced from each other, just as we are wont to say that the church and the state should be divorced from each other, because in fact. Uh, what you have with any scientific uh, narrative is the advancement of certain, perhaps implicit, but nonetheless moral claims. That, and, and, and as such, it's um, granting it it's granting it primacy is in minimally in, in, in deep tension with the aspirations of a truly liberal political, or in fact an anarchist political vision. As he himself identifies as uh, as resonant with. Additionally, as far as truth goes, he I think 
when I say he, he pushes it even further, you know, you can look at even his treatment of scientific theories. He says, okay, so, you know, we had Copernicus, we had Ptolemy, then we have Copernicus, then we have Newton, then we got Einstein, then we got uh, the quantum stuff, and we tend to think of these things as uh, succeeding each other. But he says, his view, as I understand it, is that, in fact, you should not see these successive theories as refuting or succeeding each other, that each is its own kind of truth, its own kind of world, its own kind of window into the real. And from all of these, we can actually draw out something of value. So um, the idea is not that Einstein overcame Newton or that Newton overcame Copernicus or that Copernicus overcame Ptolemy or so on. It's that each of these visions has a truth in its own right. The truth itself is so multiplicitous that that we are almost putting ourselves at a kind of a severe disadvantage if we think we can capture it just within one theory in a way which then put throws other theories out the window. He says, moreover, it's actually uh, intellectually dishonest to take his view because of what he refers to as ultimate theoretical incommensurability. What does he mean by that? He means that when you get down to brass tacks, all these theories have subtle sometimes gross, sometimes subtle differences in terms of their axiomatic foundation. And so to pretend that they are uh, logically excluding each other overlooks the fact that you're really talking about very different discourses. And it's sort of it's kind of an apples and oranges situation. And ultimately, we don't have to choose between apples and oranges. We get to eat both apples and oranges. And then he pushes it even further, right? Because he's like, look, not only do you get to keep quantum mechanics and Einstein and Newton and Ptolemy and Copernicus, and he goes all the way back to, you know, the pre-Socratics, but you also get to keep astrology and magic and, and, and find out that all of these different ways and religion of relating with the universe, with our life, has an independent and, and rich and full truth so that we can access. And so the world is just so much richer than than, than that world of, of science, which uh, tends to be dominant or primary in the popular imagination. And um, I thought that I thought that was that was very groovy. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yes, you know that, that kind of epistemological optimism. Both and not either or. Yeah, and I think I think what it speaks to, uh, which is something I d- dwell on a lot, um, is the the idea that, um, in many ways, you know, the the population uh, kind of defers to science. Um, <clears throat> um, we defer, or we defer to sciences, or realms of expertise 
um, that we quote, you know, we just, we don't, you know, we don't really understand them. So we just defer, you know, it's like, well, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a rocket scientist. I just, so I'll just let them deal with that, which, well, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, which, you know, I mean, we can't all be experts in every single field. So, you know, we, we, we have to live our lives for the most part, you know, deferring to experts in certain fields and there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, in itself, there's nothing wrong with, you know, trusting, um, experts or, you know, uh, or, 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 uh, trusting, uh, methodologies or ways of knowing, um, where it becomes problematic is I think, as, as you had discussed before, the, um, the linkage with the, uh, certain authoritarian means, um, colonialism, perhaps, um, uh, dominance, government, um, or the institution itself kind of taking on this larger than life, um, uh, this larger than life persona. And, and then it becomes this like, well, you know, I kind of think of something that I, even I might say, um, well, I'm not a doctor, so, you know, um, I'll just take the doctor's word for it or, you know, let the doctor figure it out or, um, you know, and, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm not a doctor, you're not a doctor, so listen to the doctor. And while that's fine, you, you can listen to the doctor. Um, I think where it becomes problematic is like, well, you know, of course, like we can't all be doctors. Um, and, um, you know, nor, nor should we be. But if, if we have to be a doctor in order to, you know, weigh in or in order to be, you know, kind of have an opinion on the matter uh, that's viewed as valid, you know, we've kind of limited the entire conversation to, to the viewing of, through one lens, you know. And that's what I was talking about is like viewing things through the lens of medicine. You know, it's like if someone is depressed, for example, and they go to a doctor, they're going to be treated for their depression through the lens of medicine, which is understandable. Um, but is, is medicine, for example, really, uh, is it really truly equipped to solve the problem of, say, depression, for example, in an individual? Uh, it, it certainly could, I think, you know, it certainly has some tools at its disposal, um, but, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's limited in that, you know, it's, I would say, almost certainly not simply a medical problem in the way that, like, say, of, you know, appendicitis is a medical problem. Well, I, I mean, as you would anticipate, I, I, I broadly agree with you. And this is actually why I find Faye uh, been very uh, – very relevant to the current moment with the uh, so-called pandemic, um, which has been invoked to, and this is where you see like the relationship between quote unquote science and quote unquote politics has become so uh, poisonously uh, intermingled because the the uh, you know I mean what is the, it's, it's, it's such it's such a 
such a, a, a miasma of uh, just terrible decisions and, and policies that have been forwarded and understandings, right? Um, and, you know, this idea that you have a particular scientific establishment which is providing us with the authoritative conception of what is transpiring is just uh, an outrageous sort of fiction. It really is an outrageous sort of fiction, which papers over, you know, the, all, you know, first of all, how much we don't know. And, but ironically, it also papers over what we do know. And what we do know actually in many ways refutes the uh, assertions of the so-called uh, scientific establishment, which has been credited with uh, guiding us through this crisis. And, um, you know... What, what, it also that, is, what it also assumes is that there's um, a consensus among all members of the medical right. community or scientific Precisely. community. Um, which it, you, you would be hard pressed to find any, you know, any uh, issue or question that they would all agree upon. Uh, just ask anyone with a chronic condition. You know, that's why you get multiple opinions. Um, yeah, there's, there's, yes, absolutely, right. You know, and yeah, right. You know, so there's in fact dissent. That dissent is then suppressed. It's suppressed through various. Um, means and methods and uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, one of the chief mechanisms is a particular conception of science which I think is uh, unfortunate and which I think Fahiri Bond uh, does a fantastic job of, of, of exploding really and refuting right and if and to get back because we could go down a, we could go down a rabbit hole of something like medicine which is an applied science it's not you know, I don't, I'm not a, I don't know the exact terms, but well, you know, it's, it's, you know, the thing it's, is, it's an, it's an applied science. It's not, it's not a quote, like a pure science, as you would say, like chemistry, um, well, you know, medicine you involves chemistry and it's, but you're applying it to a human subject, which opens up an entirely, a whole new can of worms. It's not just simply, you know, test tube, you know, it's, it's but human even, and. Right. So, like, here's the – it's interesting, and I think this is what he's getting at when he talks about dissolving the notion that you have a context of discovery and a context of justification, which is a related, though not exactly identical, distinction. Okay? This idea that you have a theoretical science, he is saying itself is deeply flawed, right? There is no pure chemistry. There is no pure physics. Even though it may seem like it, in fact, what we inherit as chemistry itself reflects in very subtle ways and sometimes very gross ways, actual, you know, political commitments and a lot of times just circumstances of uh, historical accident, right? So you can even, like, take physics, for example. You can take uh, the development and the emergence of Newtonian mechanics and, you know, the thing is that Newton had done that work, um, but he chose not to release that work until a specific point in time until one of his rivals died, and he did it just out of spite. And uh, whereas that doesn't, it, 
necessarily impinge upon the verisimilitude of the Newtonian mechanics. What it does show you is how uh, these projects, which we, I, you know, tend to sanctify as, as, as being some sort of wholly objective truth or themselves really mixed up with things that have nothing to do with scientific objectivity uh, mythologically. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, also, you know, there, there are um, political implications to certain to certain wants to pretend is objective. I think it's a little clearer that there is such the sphere of biology than it is in physics or chemistry, but it still applies across the board, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's happened right, with well, medicine. Medicine has been subordinated to biology. And, and the implication is then that we are no longer political beings, we are biological beings, and then by extension we are just material, physical beings, and then there's a whole notion of social control that seems appropriate in light of that discourse. Mm -hmm. All right, I, I was running there. Choo choo. Okay, I'm gonna, gonna slow down and and let you respond. I, I yeah. Thank you for letting me. No, it's uh, I, I it's uh, it's quite all right. Um, could could let you go on for another twenty minutes. It's uh, it's uh, it's an honor to hear you ramble. <laughs> but um, I, I think though what I want to get what I want to cut back to though is because we kind of went down the, the the we went on you know the uh, quote tangent of medicine which um, we can set that aside or, or or move past that for the time being. Um, but I think even if you if you try to boil it down to as we said in quote you know the pure sciences uh, uh, astronomy. Uh, chemistry, physics. Um, it, I, I often f find it um, um, I guess amusing is probably the uh, maybe the for lack of a better word, I find it amusing how I, I, I think you know we we all know. We, we could all admit that we don't know everything that there is to know. Um, you know, you'd probably be hard pressed to find someone who says, yes, we know, we know everything there is to know about the universe or about the world or about human beings or about the planet. Um, however, there, within the, within the science, um, and within the, within the authoritarian, uh, uh, channel, I guess, if you will, of quote science. There is there is a uh, a self limiting um, dynamic because if if you only have the scientific method, then what you don't have is the imagination to actually set forth radical ideas that are so far outside of what we would call the norm that you would never really make any new discoveries. It, you know, at one point in time, it was considered completely outlandish to suggest that the world was not flat. 
you know, that you would not fall off the edge of the world if you were to sail too far. At one time, that was radical, you know, and it took someone who just said, what the heck, maybe the world isn't flat. And, and to explore that, I don't know exactly how, how you know, arrived at it, but at some point, someone or some group of people proved that it wasn't, you know, that it wasn't flat. Um, now, if they, you know, how did that happen? You know, at some point they had to have this creativity. They had to have this just idea, you know, that it's like maybe it isn't. I don't know how they were guided, you know, but um, it, it, that that takes a, a leap of faith, if you will, uh, no pun intended, that, you know, outside of the realms of science, you know, um, that, you know, basically, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, science science is is a way of knowing but it also seems to make its greatest progress when it's informed by imagination and it you know it's it's obvious that much of the science the quote the, the the science in our world today is it you know the powers that be choose what science gets funded they choose what gets explored they choose what gets published they choose, you know, and that's not even, you know, that's not even conspiracy. I mean, that's just like, you know, it's just a practical you know, reality that it's a right. And not, not, that. not every project can get funded. Not every project can get explored, but, um, you know, the, the quote science that we see, bur- you know, uh, blossoming, um, is, not purely a result of the science, but of the, the economics and the uh, social um, structure, which I think, you know, is, you know, so, is a disservice to the, is a disservice to the science itself. Because I, I mean, um, it connects to something else. And that is the notion of responsibility. And, um, don't throw that word at me. <laughs> because if we uh, allow ourselves to be hypnotized by the notion that science or anything really, right, we're talking about science, but the same thing can be done with other modes of knowing, uh, which sometimes dishonestly is used to, to reject them. Um, what I mean is a tendency toward any dogmatism will then be used to conceal the reality of choice and the reality of our ultimate involvement and engagement with the world uh, in a way that is dishonest and which which uh, fails to appreciate the, the radicality of our freedom. So, um, you know, uh, freedom and responsibility are, are concomitant terms. So, uh, but but they also arise um, in response to the openness and the uncertainty of our experience. And ultimately, are only accessed by that openness and that uncertainty when we allow ourselves to become enchained by rules and regulations or methods. Then we are going to lose touch with that with that point. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And I, and I confess, you know, I only read that one article, so I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, versed in, you know, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't read all, all of his works. So, well, nor, um, nor so have I, I know exactly. Nor have I, but I mean, that point really just sort of reaches beyond it. His specific text is sort of a more general point. Sure. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, Ultimately, you know, the, the question of, um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you would be, you'd be, once again, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who, who would tell you that, you know, science can't be a useful tool. I mean, I'm not saying anything of that sort, you know, um, you know, I, I go to doctors, you know, I, uh, I, I rely on engineering and modern marvels for, for certain things. Um, but to dismiss, uh, to dismiss other ways of knowing, you know, I think is silly. Um, because, you know, science, science, at least for the time being, you know, it has its limits. Science can't answer the question of whether or not, you know, God exists, for example. Um, but to say that that's not an important question would be would be silly. So science in its would, itself should admit that it cannot answer that question, or at least if it can, I'd love to see the proof. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, in religion or myth, mythology cannot answer the really, as far as I can see, you know, can't really answer the question of why. You know, well, I guess it could, but you know, maybe not satisfactorily. You know, like why? Why did why are there dinosaurs? You know, bones found, you know, and they're not mentioned. You know, I. So, so every every field of knowledge has its limitations. It has its it has its abilities, and it has its limitations. That's why, I, as I think we're you know, the text you know states puts obviously is that you know each one uh, should be given uh, a similar degree of respect, or at least individuals should have the freedom to choose. Um, which fields, um, you know, which, which fields they want to value, which fields they want to subscribe to, uh, which methodologies they want to to practice or, or use. Um, and I do think it's unfair that science and the scientific method are given this uh, kind of supremacy over other ways of knowing. Right. Which is is not something you really hear. I mean, it's the 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 dogma and the doctrine is so ingrained um, in a kind of our way of living that it almost you almost it almost feels silly to suggest it at first. Um, but um, it, upon closer reflection, I don't think that it is. I concur. Um, all right, sir. Well, look, you know, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, I just got a message and so I'm going to have to wrap it up here pretty soon um, 
actually the, the point that you make there is a sound one on which to depart, but would you like to, to add anything to that? Uh, no, I think I think for the time being we've uh, we've solved this one. All right then. Well, until next time, right? And who knows when that will be? If we're going to be consistent <laughs> as to uh, the uh, conclusions we've arrived as to the perils of method and methodology. So, um, well, thank you, Stephen. Thanks for reading the piece and talking about it with me. Thank you. It's uh, always an honor to be here. All right, man. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Take care. And uh, shout to everybody out there, and thanks for listening. And uh, I guess that's it for now. Take care.